Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, home of the world's greatest artist, TLC, Gladys Knight, India Ari, Indigo Girls, and Hartsfield Atlanta Jackson Airport, the Falcons, and Clark Atlanta University. This is The Bright Side with Technicia, a daily show with real people with real experiences. And now, here's your host, Technicia. All right, all right, all right. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Bright Side with Technicia. And sorry if I sound a little froggy. I'm still getting over a cold. I just took some Theraflu. So hopefully this will work because I can't be going around like this. I've been coughing like a choo-choo train up in here like I'm about to die. Probably enough to wake up the dead. <coughs> Excuse me. And I got my bowl of chicken and rice soup. So hopefully um, this will overcome because first it was a sore throat. Then it went to being scratchy. So now I have the sore throat. I have just a cough. <clears throat> so, we're going to start this show in just a moment, but I'm going to take a short commercial break, and I'm going to be right back with you. Attention men under the age of 35. You know what really impresses the ladies? When a guy has a few drinks and later gets pulled over for buzz driving. That could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. There goes let's grab dinner and a movie. Oh, I know. You drive more carefully when you're buzzed. You've proven that hundreds of times. A woman admires that kind of confidence. And you've practiced how to speak if a cop does pull you over. Slowly, clearly, and politely like, good evening, officer. A woman admires that kind of foresight. And what woman doesn't find it adorable that you call it buzzed even though the law calls it drunk? You could kiss $10,000 goodbye, along with any chance of having a girlfriend. Because nothing says, I'm a catch, more than a guy who lives in his parents' basement and calls it my place. Buzzed, busted, and broke. Because buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. It's Thursday night, and you're grabbing drinks with some friends. Started off with a pitcher for the table, which quickly becomes two. There's pool. And there's the photo booth. All right, everybody squeeze in. Say cheese. Followed naturally by an order of wings. And another. Can we get some extra ranch sauce? Then there's the ceremonial nightcap. So what are we doing this weekend? And lastly, it's back to the car, which, if you're buzzed... could be the most expensive night of your life. Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. All right, so we're back on the air, and as I said, just try to be patient with me because this cough is really like trying to take a hold over my whole body about right now. Uh, hopefully I won't be asleep by then. Then I have to go to work at 2 o'clock. So it's like, oh, uh, it sucks. So anyhow, we're going to get this show started because here with me today is actor Lawrence Chow, and I'm very excited because we have so much in common almost. We're both into journalism. And we both have General Hospital in our blood and line. And if you don't know about General Hospital, then you should be watching ABC Daily, okay? I'm already behind on my episodes. Speaking of that, I am, like, on January the 28th, and my husband, he watches it frequently. So it's kind of hard to try to, like, keep up with it right now because of my schedule. I'll be so busy all the time. But um, I got to catch up on my General Hospital. So thank God for um, – YouTube and uh, on demand. But anyhow, he is the hot and new sizzling face, honey. I'm talking about he on went from acting to writing, hosting. You name it, he on probably done it all. Who knows what else is in the hat for Mr. Child. But I'm glad to have him on as any other guest, but this is very exciting for me. So if you have any questions that you want to ask, if you see anything that you 
know that you have it coming, do so. Call in, 347-426-3751. It's the normal, baby. You know it. You can always hit me up with questions, too. I'm listening. But, again, I apologize for sounding foggy. Excuse me. But we're going to carry on with this show. Mr. Child, thank you so much for taking out your time from your busy schedule to be here with me today. Thank you. How are you? You're welcome. I am doing good. Other, <laughs> other than just having this cough, I sound like you I'm You know, that's another thing cold. we have in common. First, journalism and a cold. <laughs> oh, man, you too? Oh. I'm getting over one myself. <laughs> oh. I can't stand it because, like I said, mine start with a sore throat and, and, and my body aches. Get rid of that, oh, and then it goes into an irritating cough. And I'm just, I'm hoping to keep something to tone it down because I have to go to work and I don't want, and I serve, so I don't want to be coughing and people like, oh, dear. It's, yes. I think we, uh, were we separated at birth? <laughs> That's exactly my symptoms. We probably were. You might be my brother from another mother. You know? <laughs> and I said, and then he was on General Hospital. I caught that little thing. I remember that thing that you did with old Grant. And that was oh, that's the thing. Nice. That was the thing with Spinelli when he was trying to get into the computer to find out about Jake. Oh my God, you're good. You're an investigative reporter. Yes, <laughs> honey, I love my general hospital. He was trying, but see, I'm, I'm far behind now. I'm far behind. I'm kind of like on the episode with, uh, well, um, Dante found out about Lulu um, mm. trying to kill Valerie. And stuff. He, he found out about that part. So I'm I'm right in there. So I'm, I'm way behind. I can't believe I got far behind away from TV. <laughs> There's so much TV right now. I don't know what to watch. It I'm is. watching The People vs. OJ. I'm watching American Crime. Oh, I have. Like... Oh, I have not even watched that yet. Everyone's talking about it. Oh, don't tell it's me. I gotta pretty... watch it. I hope it's on. I hope it's on demand. Is it on it's, demand? Yeah, it's on demand. It's on FX. It's pretty juicy. A lot of okay. a lot of big names are in that sh- involved. You know, John Travolta's producing. Know. He's starring. Cheryl Ladd plays his wife. It's crazy. Right. Great got, casting um, with Johnny Co- for Johnny Cochran. <laughs> right, I was just about to mention him. Courtney B. Bont, Bont, he's real yeah. good. Yeah. Excellent mm-hmm. casting. Sarah Paulson as uh, Marsha is is amazing. That's a big role to play. Those are it's heavy. It is. I, yeah, I, the peop- I, I commend them on doing that because that's very heavy to have to re- recreate a whole a whole scene that devastated the world. I mean, when that case came out with O.J. Simpson, Nicole Simpson, that mm. just took the breath away out a lot of people. So just to see it over, like, oh, that's, yeah. I don't even know how the real people actually feel. Like, how what their take is on, you know, that's who I would love um, to have on my show. Right. Well, I've heard from the uh, Simpson family. I watched them on one of the entertainment news shows. They weren't right. that happy with it because, of yeah. course, whenever you adapt something for the small screen, you take it creative liberties. Yeah, so there's some changes, and, and they felt like um, she was just – like they didn't pay much attention to her life, just the death. And um, Okay. So we'll we'll see how it goes, but it's a heavy topic. Right, you know. I remember the case. It was hmm, <laughs> had everyone on edge and divided, and it, it go really behind is. the scenes really and, and yeah, it's 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 quite incredible. But anyway, Oscars, well, are you ready? Um, or a lot of controversy I, I there too. So, Mr. Shaw, we all went from journalism, and that's exactly what. I, I'm still trying to get into that field. I am, and I'm I'm thankful that you sent me that email where I could set up a better profile. Maybe I could get discovered, you know, because I really do. I want to get. I still focus on journalism. I love it. It 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 it's been my sole. I feel like it's been my sole purpose. But you know, I'm amazed at how much you have conquered and done. And just going into journalism to me like opens the door for you to do so much, and it has for you. You are done hosting, and oh my God, I, mm. I love, I love what you do. Ghostly Encounters. Oh, I mean, that's like another unsolved mystery. Um, what's the other show? Paranormal. Paranormal. I love yeah. those. I love those ghost shows where <laughs> where they go behind the scenes and people are like, oh, I saw this. I'm like, oh, it gets me every time. I love stuff like that. I do. So yeah. when I found out you was doing, I was like, oh, that's 
also. So and, t- and, t- and in the celebrity I, I interviews in Asia, too. <laughs> so, so, child, Lawrence, how did that come yes. up for you? How, how did you even get connected with that? Great question. Uh, you know, I started off, uh, I was born and raised in Toronto, Canada. Um, I know you're in okay. Georgia, and I'm, I should go down to Georgia because there's so many uh, shows being filmed in Georgia right now. Uh, but anyway, uh, I did my journalism degree uh, in Toronto, and okay. I was lost when I graduated, completely lost. I, there were, uh, this is going, you know, <clears throat> a couple of decades ago. Uh, <laughs> and it was like, where do I begin? I got the degree, and I have the scholarship. I went story of the right. year. And, and knocking on doors, and especially as an Asian male, it was tough. Right. It was really hard. This is going way back when diversity that topic wasn't even touched on, you know. Now we hear a lot about it and calls for diversity, the landscape is changing and all that stuff. But back then it was really hard. So I looked at my odds and I surveyed, could I get into newspaper? Could I get into broadcast uh, as a host or something? And I said, you know what? There aren't any doors opened for minorities. And uh, I took off to Asia. Hong Kong was the first stop. And I quickly got work with my, uh, you know, resume and, and stuff like that and my writing samples. And then from Hong Kong, I got talent scouted to go to Singapore and became even bigger on, on the small screen with, uh, I was like the Ryan Seacrest of Singapore with my own entertainment news show called Showbuzz, right. which I also produced, it, produced, traveled the world, interviewing all the stars, you know, Halle Berry, Denzel Washington. It was crazy. Tom Hanks, Matt Damon. It was like are you kidding me? And then it was like, and I started to do more uh, hosting of shows, different shows, current affairs, um, uh, live specials like Miss Singapore Universe and stuff like that. But at the same time, I had always wanted to act. And during that journey into Hong Kong and Singapore, I was, I managed to act in, you know, TV shows, comedies, dramas, as well as commercials and things like that. And after a good chunk of 15, 20 years in, in the business, 15 years, I came back to North America and I landed the paranormal show you talked about, Ghostly Encounters. And um, from there, I've been, it feels like everywhere you go, you start from scratch. And my greatest advice for anyone trying to break into the media slash entertainment industry is that you have to live life fearlessly. <laughs> and you right. have to put yourself out there. It's all about networking. You do. It, 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 it is so much networking and meeting people, going to these events. Uh, I sent you some right. links, but also it's about um, what you're doing. I think is right on on the nose about doing your own work. And I commend you for having your own radio show. And, you know, I see Thank what you. you've done on your website. It's a lot of work. People have no idea. Because <laughs> it's, it's they such don't. a it's, it's, It is. It's very hard getting out here. And as you was mentioning, just breaking into Hollywood, period, and finding success, it's difficult for anyone. But it's especially exasperating for minority actors because a lot of people don't focus on Asian Americans. Now, me? On the other hand, I'll probably be the best one of them all because I focus on everybody, honey. When I watch a movie, right. I look at everybody. I'll be like, oh, that person starred that movie. Honey, please, it's probably not an Asian-American movie I have not seen. I love all movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm a little late on some movies, like all these Oscar movies. But trust believe me, I try to stay up on my stuff. But, you know, because um, they did an article two days ago about that. Um, what's her name? Lucy Liu. She spoke to the Asian Society. Um last year in um, celebration of the Asian Pacific American Heritage Month, and she brought up Hollywood's inclusion problem. You know, so yeah. it, it is. It's a big problem beyond what we're talking about as far as with the Oscars uh, being so white, too. You know, that's an yeah. ongoing topic. You know, people getting awarded. Years ago they was. They were doing so well. They was awarded, but now they're they're not doing that, and that is a problem. Like, people it's work like one hard. step forward, two Everybody steps back. Hard. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I agree. You say you're doing all this difficult career, and it's like, okay, I don't see a progression yet. It's we're still held captive. Like, my God, it's it's ridiculous. It's it, it's it's like 
baby steps. And I have, to, in right. terms of diversity, changes in uh, media and entertainment, I think uh, part of it, you can have a social <laughs> advocacy for it, but that's not enough. It, ultimately, it's a business, so it's, I think it's a numbers game that will dictate the change, right. that they show that there is a demographic uh, that is a consumer base. And now with China and India becoming the second and third largest box offices, it's causing the big power players to say, you know what, we need to create projects that can sell into these huge markets. So as much as it is a social uh, issue, it's also an economic. And I think the combination of the two, we eventually transform the landscape and allow more diversity. Because come on, when you drive, when I drive down to Hollywood and I see billboards, and I'm like, okay, there's a new show or a new movie. Are there any people of color on the billboard? And if they are, right. how far to the side are they? <laughs> right, I need to generally, see a new face of like, color. Right, you I know, need to see a new face I, of color. And <clears throat> you know, Lucy Lou, also she made a good comment. Um, she said, but if they really, if you're really okay with rejection and perseverance, and a long creative journey, then you should absolutely pursue it as far as getting into acting as a career. Because to negotiate with the head of them, to understand that it's not an easy role, but that it's an incredibly rewarding. And that makes sense. I mean, you've got to be ready for the tough skin. You better have some tough skin when you get out there. It's not easy. And I know people no, don't like, no. uh, Lawrence, I know they don't like to always focus on um, race and racism, but I'm, I'm sorry, it, it still is. It still exists. And to me, I don't get into debates with my coworkers on the job, but I, I listen to a lot of stuff. I mean, white privilege is still it's still here. Even even Hillary Clinton, someone asked her that. Do she ever feel like she was privileged because she was white? I mean, she tried to board over the question, but I mean, by the end of the day, no. If I was talking to Hillary, 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 let's be straight up. You are had the privileges because of just your color. It, it is. It's always going to mm. be that debate. That's why I always tell my daughters, always work work three times as hard because it's always going to be, it's always going to feel like you are kicked down no matter what. You got to work your butt off if you want something. And I know you probably don't feel like that, Lawrence, get certain roles like, okay, I know I was better than this person by the end of the day, but you got this role and I probably did it. Yeah, that happens a lot. <laughs> right. I come back with a, you know, in in terms of television hosting. Well, first of all, I I interviewed Lucy Liu years ago, um, and she was a wonderful interview. We really connected with the whole struggling Asian <laughs> actor thing. <laughs> uh, she's a lovely lady. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, whether it's journalism or entertainment, I think uh, the ball is not necessarily in our court. Um, right, and you know, you mentioned Hillary Clinton. She also said uh, at her recent South Carolina debate, town hall. She said, and quite honestly, that as white Americans, they don't understand the struggles or challenges that we they, go through. They don't. So, and when they're in their power positions of writing or casting or greenlighting mm-hmm. productions, they often don't think I, about oh, we should. Cat, write this part for an African American or an Hispanic or an Asian or South Asian. It, it doesn't even enter their mind sometimes. Right. Know? Only late. Only lately is that changing. Recently. Uh, so we're in a state of flux. I think it's probably a good right. time to be be struggling. But she's Lucy is spot on. If you want to do this life, <laughs> brace yourself for a lot of rejection. <laughs> it's exactly. such a closed. It's such an industry with so many closed doors. It really is. And I always have this analogy. It's like when you go to a mansion and there's all these doors, and if you're a person of color, not as many doors will be open to you. <laughs> right. If you're Caucasian, it's 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 very interesting. You know, so we'll see how, it, it, how the changes go on. Uh, Exactly. That's why I'm so proud of you, Lawrence. I mean, you have got an extensive resume of all the shows, and it's not based on karate because most of the time we know that's what they like to <laughs> characterize Asian Americans in karate. Like, come three on, three things now. I wrote in my three Americans M's: martial arts, <laughs> martial arts, karate, kung fu. 
Okay. All Asian Americans right. don't know no martial art. Just like when I was going to school with when I was going to school with um, Vietnamese and Chinese, uh, people always expected them to know math. And one guy even had to bust the bubble. He was like, "I am not good in math. Like, come on, <laughs> I'm just like you guys. Hey, I need to know this stuff too. Like the stereotypes that we actually have. Um, That's so funny. I mean, That's the, me. The I was long. not good in math. <laughs> the lit and the list is so long for Lawrence. My my other oh, favorite yeah. movie, he um you took a star in um Candyman. Oh, that's my favorite. Oh, I love Candyman, oh, honey. I used to get scared going in the mirror. I mean, this this list is so long for glory's sake, saving face. I know people you probably have heard these shows and Lawrence have starred in them. See, I'm I'm a big fan. I am. Didn't even know I was I didn't know you were a fan. Man. I was like, Wow. <laughs> I actually watch this stuff. I do. Um Who Wants Thank to Be you. a Millionaire? My favorite oh, yeah, show of all. On that. Yes, but you sure Lord, you don't want to be in entertainment? <laughs> you know what? Someone told me that. I'm glad you asked me that. Someone did tell me that. They said you ought to go into entertainment because, I mean, I did my internship with Fox Five and Channel Two News. But when you have to do certain stories, it's like you can't put your feelings into it. My first story ever of a lady. She jumped off the 13th floor at Grady Memorial Hospital, and I was with Erica Byfield, and I was, mm-hmm. I did, I shed a tear, and she was like, well, you can't show emotion, and it hurt me, it hurt my heart, because I was like, this is someone's grandma, and, and the, the tears coming from her family just really touched me, and I was like, do I have tough skin to do this? Like, I don't know. Oh, I asked the same I question, make, yeah. I, I can make people laugh, though, without me even doing it intentionally. So I was like, maybe entertainment mm. news. I might need to look into that, Lawrence, since you mentioned it. You know, it might be worth considering, because Oprah Winfrey had the same uh, problem when she was a newscaster. Oh. Oh, wow. She would get so emotionally involved in the story, and she would, you know, add commentaries. And her editors, mm-hmm. uh, you can't do that. <laughs> As right. a reporter, you're supposed to be objective and fair and you can't right. get emotionally like, involved. Really? Just report the facts right. and the Just opinions the of the people in the story. Like, you can't inject yours. Yeah. It's hard. Right. I went I through the same her thing. Show is coming to an end. You know, well yeah. You mean the over show? That's been, that was yeah, a they phenomenal. Say, I think it's supposed to be I think it's supposed to be this year. I know she's selling some of her items on eBay, but I think this year she is supposed to be in her show. I mean and it's Oprah had her show for years. Like Marka Pierce had been on. Marka Pierce had, um, retired two years ago. She was with Challenge Two for thirty-seven years. I mean, it's amazing because they were my idols. I think that's why I wanted to get into journalism because black females who were setting the pave pave way for all of us. Like that's a hard mm-hmm. field, like you said, to get into, especially when you're skin of color. And I include when I say skin of color, I include everybody from Chinese. Asian American, all of us, we're in the same group, no matter what ethnicity. We're all including the same boat. We're minorities yes. to to the Caucasian people, and um, but Lawrence, let's let's talk a little bit um about your ghostly encounters. Any personal paranormal stories that you actually want to share with us? Oh yes, yes, yes. That's a good question. First Ooh, of all, yes, uh, we just we also got picked up in England, so we're we're kind of global now. We're airing on oh, Destination awesome. America Mondays, awesome. nine p.m. eight eight Central. Uh, we're in uh, Canada on Oprah Winfrey Network. We're in oh, Asia on Crime and Investigation TV, and we just got picked up in uh, England, so we're on Your TV UK. So I have to put that out there. But I know that's ghost. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was a the funny. Let's go back. To, I was in journalism school at the time, and I remember working late at the office. Uh, I was a part-time job at a newspaper uh, de- department, and I asked my boss, "Can I stay late and you know work here on my essay for Frankenstein?" <laughs> and she said, "Oh, sure." Um, she goes, "Just be careful. Around midnight, the lights go off." And uh, she goes, "Have fun with Bigfoot." And I'm like, "What?" And it just washed over me. I'm like, "What are you talking about, Bigfoot?" Anyway, oh my god. So, I'm typing away on my keyboard and I'm working on my, you know, essay and suddenly all the lights go off. And I'm, I'm like oh, freaking shit. out. So I'm like, okay, let's, you have to dial the phone code to turn the lights back on. And then I hear the elevator coming up and I'm like, what's going on? 
is that security coming to check, you know, someone turned the lights back on on this floor, what's going on? So I'm like, okay, I'll stop typing here. And I hear the elevator stop. And then I suddenly hear these big thumps walking towards me, slowly. Boom, boom, boom. And the first thing I think is, Bigfoot. My supervisor, she <laughs> said Bigfoot. And I hear these big steps walking toward, down the hall toward oh my, God. my desk. And it's walking and it's thumping. Boom, boom. And I'm, I, you could just picture me frozen at my keyboard, looking into thin air, and there's footsteps walking from the hallway past me around the corner of my desk, and it walks right to the end of the room, and it stops. And my eye, my head is just following these sounds, these th- walking, thumping sounds. And then suddenly on the wall, all the papers just flew down, just oh, all sh- the tacks and everything. Just, and I was freaking out, so I jump up from my desk and I run and put everything back up because I don't want to get in trouble, you know. And then, at the other end of the room, the lamp falls down. Oh, so I just no. hot, it was late now. It was like past midnight. I'm like, I just packed up my stuff. I did not wait for the streetcar or taxi. I just ran home. I hightailed it home so fast. I was like, only. Next day I called. I go, what the hell was that? I'm on the phone with my supervisor. She goes, I told you, it's Bigfoot. I'm like, you didn't tell me seriously. What the heck was it? She goes, she had the same experience when she first started in that. It was an old building, renovated. And, um, her experience was it came through, the stumps came through the elevator hallway and the chill she called out to it hello hello and it went right through her it walked right through her and she felt this chill oh, oh my god lord yeah. Jesus just experienced that I mean you felt the spirit just cross right past you like oh Jesus. right through her and she Ooh. felt this icy cold chill so I'm like okay wow. and she goes it's happened to everyone who's worked late in that office. So that's spirit. That's amazing, and, and, and it's freaky at the same time. Like that spirit is trapped in that building, so something has something has happened in that building. Yeah, that's that's unsolved, and that that it's spirit generally is still the theory that, Wow. Yeah, generally the theory of people who <clears throat> have had paranormal experiences that the spirit is has unresolved conflict. Wow. Or something traumatic happened and they're trapped. Yeah, I always heard so. that too. Like if you if you died brutally, uh, had right. a bad death, then your spirit never actually was at rest, and that's amazing. Now my husband, he's good in that too, Lawrence. Um, he's very spiritual when it comes to very things of that sort, and sometimes it would scare me because I haven't reached that in my life being spiritual all the way. I'm religion, but not spiritual, but, like, he'll see certain things, and it would scare me. I'll never forget when we was in the house, and I had my twin girls. Just had them. They was newbies. Oh, and congratulations. He said, oh, thank you. Um, well, they're 10 now. They getting up there. Okay. Um, well, we were standing in the house, and someone told my husband that an old lady had passed away, and a young boy that stayed there had got hit by a car. So my husband ended up seeing them. Actually, he saw her. And I. Mm. she didn't want the house to be sold. The story was told. She did not want the house to be sold, but they still did it anyway. So whoever sold the house, they was very disobedient. It wasn't supposed to be rented out to us at all. So my husband saw her. She didn't harm us or nothing, but he saw her. And he saw the little boy. And I think my dogs could see the little boy because they were still hollering. Eh! Wow. And he told and he told me that one day he was like, I saw really? her in the bathroom. Something like that. He saw her in the bathroom, and I and it shook me, Lord. I'm telling you, honey, Ooh. he went to work that morning, and I held my I held my pee till he got home. I said, bump that. I'm not getting out of this bed. So help me, I'm not getting out of this bed. If my children holler, I'm so sorry because I'm not getting out of this bed. Lord, you should have seen me. I was in them covers. And he said, "I know she was standing by you." And I was, I peeked up because I can't, I can't see, I, I still can't see spirits like he can. So I, really? I peeked up out my cover and I looked crazy. behind me. I said, "I'm right, Lawrence." I was like, "Oh, sh-. I was like, oh shoot, I wonder if she's standing behind me right now." 
It gave me goosebumps, Lord. I told him, I said, I, I'm so happy that the baby said make a peace because I was not going to get up out this bed. So help me out here. I was so happy he got home. He was like, what you running for? I said, because I got the pee now because I held it for so long. <laughs> Wait till you got home. That is crazy. It is. That is hilarious. And what gets me, because I don't doubt it, because my mother went through a spiritual battle, and I don't doubt it because I know it's spirits out here um, rested, but just for somebody to tell you that they're behind you or that they could see them in this life, oh, no, I don't want to see it with you, so I'm just going to wait. I did, Lawrence. I want to say that, though. I said, my babies better not start hollering because I'm going to, I'm going to stay right here. I'm not moving. I'm going to wait till you get home. Oh that maybe they'll stop crying. <laughs> well, I do think, yeah, I think your, you know, <laughs> if your husband has that sixth sense, it's, I think it's quite possible. I think some of us have it and some of us don't. It's a strange right, some thing. some of us do have it. And some spirits don't rest. They don't rest. Have you never walked walk into a place and gotten chills and said something's odd? I, I, I never felt that way, but I always get like a little spoof about something, I'm like, uh, this feels off. But my husband, he sees it right there because I even asked him about the house that we're in now when he feels up, I'm like, you don't see any spirits, do you? You see, I ask him right there and then you see anything, anything in my wow. closet. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, you can see him, please. <laughs> you got to get a TV show, girl. <laughs> you got to get a talk show like, like The View or The Talk. You'd be perfect. And what made it so bad, Lord, his stepdaughter actually saw him, too. She said what? that she woke up, she was heading to the bathroom, and she saw the older lady. She said she flew so far back to that couch and recovered Wow. Up. And oh so him and her God. saw him. But I never saw the old lady. And to this day, no one has stayed in that house. Holy jeez. No one's been Ooh. in that house for about 11 years now. Nobody. Wow. Nobody moved in. She won't. She won't really? let nobody probably stay in there. That was her house, and she gave instructions for no one to stay there, and that's probably what she wanted. He was her son. Probably was disobedient, so we wow. ended up moving. Well, we moved because of the rent and because of that. So I'm glad. It's <laughs> a double whammy. It's a baby. double. It's, it's, I am, it's I am not right paying that price about. for hauntings. <laughs> <laughs> but. But while we talk about ghostly spirits, we're going to take a short break, and we're going to come back with Lawrence because we got so much more to talk about. So stay tuned. Please do not touch that dial. Thought it was over? Not yet. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Blog Talk Radio, baby. The odds of a young girl being discovered by an industry insider while singing to herself pumping gas. One in 300 million. The odds of a daughter of a clergyman from Severn, Maryland, spending 11 weeks at number one on the U.S. singles charts. One in 19 million. The odds of going on to win seven Grammy Awards. One in 1.4 million. The odds of selling over 40 million records. One in 800,000. The odds of this musician and performer having a child diagnosed with autism? 1 in 68. I'm Tony Braxton, and I encourage you to learn more at autismspeaks.org slash signs. Early diagnosis can make a lifetime of difference. Autism Speaks. It's time to listen. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. All right, we back with Lawrence, and I'm telling you, we probably have shook us a thing talking about these ghostly spirits. I'm, I'm telling you, I, I, I got ghost, I got goosebumps right now, and my husband on the other side laughing because he, he's actually listening to my show. He's laughing, but he just don't understand, Lawrence. I've, I've got the goosebumps and the chuckles. <laughs> but you should be on. We got to put you on video. You know, your show should we be do. on video. I need my own show. I do. So, personally, for yourself, have you done any, um, besides that, have you done any paranormal investigations yourself? Not on a scientific, formal uh, basis, but 
people often consult me, like when they're moving into a house or an apartment, and they say, can you come over? Because okay. they know I've got the sense like your husband. So one neighbor in Los Angeles, where I'm, I'm living now, um, she said, Lawrence, my furniture is moving. I'm like, what are you talking about? She goes, the mirror lifted off the wall. I'm like, are you kidding me? She goes, you have to come over. You have to come over and tell me what your vibes are. So I went over, and I went through her apartment. And, I, and every time I walked in past her bedroom in, in the bathroom area, I got the chills. I would literally walk, show her my arm. I would go put the arm into the living room, and the goosebumps would go away. I'd put them back into the bedroom bathroom area, and they would come on. They would pop up, the goosebumps on my arm she saw it and she freaked out i go whatever it is the spirit it's in this lingering around this realm right this part of your house and he's not happy she goes how do you know oh, it's a he? i go that's the vibe i'm getting it's a he and i think he was um an interior designer who passed away and he's not happy with how you're, you've laid out your decor and i wow. think you need to i suggest you get floral candles and you know do some things and rearrange and da 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 i have a feeling i said i think it was an interior designer who passed away she went she said she's a really not busy body so she went scoping around and she started asking all these older neighbors who lived in my apartment before we moved in she goes one of them she's like 70 years old she's who's lived in in that area for the complex for a long time she said it was an interior designer. He passed away prematurely. Wow. So there you go. Wow. Freaky, huh? Just let it happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Look, I may be dead, but I can see that your design is not good, honey. You're going to have to take you know, that I, down. I don't know. I think if I pass away, I think, no, nah, I want to go to heaven. I don't want to linger around here. <laughs> The way the politics are going, I just can't handle it. <laughs> you know, some people are like, oh, I want to stay. I want to stay. No, no, it's okay. <laughs> right. That's all right. I want to hang out I, with I, the I, angels I, and, you know, listen to harp music. <laughs> I, but, uh, Lawrence, what what would you really probably suggest for anyone that feels that they have spirits in their home? Like, what are some steps that they could probably do to get rid of them? I mean, besides just staying praying. Besides calling the Roman Catholic priest. Church for an exorcism? <laughs> oh, Lord, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, oh, I really don't have an answer for that. Um, I've heard that you can go online and you know, there's, like, YouTube videos and doing self uh, exorcisms that involve candles, just like rituals that you can do with candles and incense and stuff like that, and right. a, a cleansing of the home that you can actually, you know, learn on YouTube. Yeah, I have heard those um, to cleanse the home. Yeah, I don't know whether it works or not. Um, my sense is though is that if you ever <laughs> prevention is the best cure, <laughs> just don't right, you know, don't move in, they, they, don't rent it. Look, Exactly, because if I find now, really, the person whoever um, rents out the home to you is really supposed to tell you if someone died in the house. I don't want to find out like on Amityville Horror or something that somebody <laughs> died in the house later on, and now you telling me, oh, they died. Really? You didn't say you didn't put that in the you didn't put that in the description when I was looking at this bedroom house that they died. You know, like I, I, it really, varies from uh, yeah. It varies from state to state, but I think if some well, states, it, you, it, the onus is on the buyer to ask. They don't have to disclose until you ask. So I always okay. make a habit of asking. I know I will ask. <laughs> hey, anybody die in this house? <laughs> <I'll be straight laughs> pretty much it. <laughs> okay. All right. That's fine. Uh, Counsel that interview. Goodbye. <laughs> right, Eddie Murphy? You remember know his, his, his stand-up comic? was like, White people, when they go into a haunted house, they get out, but they stay. Black person going, oh, I'm out of there. <laughs> right. We be, look, we be gone. Look, if I start hearing any creaking on the stairs, I'm gone. I'm, I'm gone. At you. What was that? I'm not going to stay around and try to find out. I don't want to be like little Billy. Let's go find out. Let's go downstairs and find the noise. Yeah, I know, right? No. It's always, it's right. always the I white people who call in the spiritualists and, uh, right. and go dig in. I've got to call the Pack up and leave. 
Right, Lawrence. I don't have to call nobody because I'm finna pack up my stuff and I'm going. How about that? We all just pack up and get the hell out of here. I'm not right. going to find I don't want to go find the noise. Keep the deposit. I'm out of there. Right. They always, I'm serious, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry to all my white friends, but every time they play in the movie, they always want to go find the noise. Why you want to go find exactly. the noise? I don't want to find the noise. I want to leave and get the heck out. I don't want to keep finding noise. You got to go search exactly. and look for and dig. Look, then they got to dig all deep through the movie. And then here go to then some come out the dark and scare the hell out. I'm not finding you, boo. I'm going to find outside the door. You can keep the house. Keep it. I'll keep the furniture while you're at it. It's all right. You know, keep it. Got to go. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Oh. Got to be alive on a Saturday morning. <laughs> but you know, but you know, they say when you're dealing with ghosts, you're supposed to be confident with them. Now, I don't, I don't know about being confident with you. I, I don't know. I don't want to confront you really. If, 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 if it's your house, I want you to have it. You can keep yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna be confident well, you that you have it. If you have pets, they can sense it too. You know. They can. They can sense ghosts. Oh too. yes, yes. My my dog sensed the. Uh, uh, there's. I remember in Singapore in, our, in, our, in the house, um, it sensed something was odd when we uh, when I rented that house, and I remember moving in, and it just started ran to the top of the stairs and just started barking into open space, and I'm like, okay, that's pretty creepy. <laughs> right. That that is. And um, I went. And I went that, back that, into that, my that, room. Yeah, there's been a few experiences in my lifetime. Yeah, so right. Well, my my, my husband had one not too long ago, Lawrence. Um, he was passing by a grave site and he had liquor and beer in his truck. In his truck, and all of a sudden the truck just cut off. His beer and liquor, all of it was empty, like somebody literally just drunk it, and then it got foggy. Now once that Are was gone, right? Once his beer and liquor was empty. His truck cried back up, and he said that puzzled him. Like what? Like what the hell going on here? Like he said, my beer and liquor, all of it was empty. Like he, like he drunk it himself, and it just falls up. Like that's really, that's really weird. Like that, that still got oh me tight. Right. I mean, this people take it for a joke, but I, I really do believe. You know, these are people. These ghosts and spirits are just left over from people who have not passed on. They're not. They're not happy. They're out here still wandering. Right now, we're around spirits today. Even when I go to work, I know, you know, spirits have a way of jumping off on you. And, you know, I, I, I do. I, t- I do take it very seriously, you know, even though I don't have that sixth sense, but I do take it seriously. But, you know, with, that, with all that being said, you're also a writer. What, what are some of your writing accomplishments, Lawrence? Because I know well, you're you, talking used to have about a... ghosts I used to have a two uh, newspaper columns, one in Toronto uh, called Who's Hot, okay. and like like you, I would find people to profile, interesting people with interesting lives, right. and <laughs> and you know I would interview uh, musicians, singers, actors, DJs, uh, photographers, uh, fashion designers. Uh, at the same time, while I was hosting uh, Ghostly Encounters, which it was shot in Toronto, uh, and then in Singapore, I had a column called Streets, and I would write. Oh, wow. uh, I would. I would interview a bunch of celebrities and uh, because I was known as, like, the Ryan Seacrest of Singapore. So not only was I on TV, uh, on the airwaves, I was also um, writing for a newspaper. Uh, I was, like, the entertainment guru there. Uh, and I've also, throughout my journey in the industry, I've always freelanced um, articles to various uh, newspapers and magazines, usually in, in entertainment. So back to your question about... Um, Breaking in freelance is often a way to break in into journalism. Right. Okay. Uh, some sometimes it's through written word, uh, you know, in, into newspapers or local right. community papers to develop that portfolio. Some and sometimes if it's if it's more broadcast, you often want to freelance or even volunteer your services and say, mm-hmm. "Can I come cover this event for you?" And then you know. You, you can air right. it on YouTube or something like that. I mean, it's it's difficult because a lot of it is you have to almost self-fund yourself to break into this really difficult industry. Anderson right. Cooper, CNN, 
who is now like a major news anchor, when he started out, he came from money. His mother was Gloria Vanderbilt, you know, Vanderbilt designer jeans and stuff like that. And oh, he yeah. Yeah, he did not follow, he didn't, oh. you know, say, you know, get me in, help me, Mom. He went off after he graduated because no one would hire him in America. And he wow. made a fake uh, journalist pass and took off to war-torn countries in the Middle East and started covering stories. And he would freelance them to these kind of like underground or student-type networks and stuff like that. And he slowly built up a name, and then he broke in through that way. And someone at the station said, okay, you've got a good portfolio. Let's give you a shot. And he started right. from nothing and just built True. his way in. With all I went up to Hong Kong. We'll have to give you a shot. You don't risk your... Your life, because I was thinking of doing something like that. I, I want, I had become no, no, it. No. <laughs> right with my children. That's what made someone made me look at the realization of it. Like I don't know if you want to do that, because I was thinking of, you know, going over to one of the one of the African countries and cover the fact of how the women get raped by the military and um, some of the girls, their pelvic bones have been broken because they were raped badly, like. That really yeah. tormented me, and it was a group called Invisible Children that really got me tied in when I was at Clay State University, and I wanted to do that, but I did not. I had to realize I do have little girls, and I have a family to, to look after. Like I don't want to risk my life, and they'll be like, "Mommy," but you know, like you said, it's things that you when you're stepping out on faith, and that's what I consider Anderson Cooper to have done. You stepped out on faith. I'm going to take this chance, and I'm going to do it. And that's what he did. And I mean, wow, Gloria Vanderbilt was his mom. I didn't even know that. I like yeah. Anderson Cooper too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a good, he's a wow. good uh, journalist. Um, but they you know, know I, the same thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm no Anderson Cooper, but I took off to Hong Kong with two thousand dollars in two suitcases, and wow. really <laughs> knocked on doors. I really, you know, struck. It was living week by week, uh, you know, it was hard. And Hong Kong is, is expensive, like New York, you know. Um, okay. So I, I remember uh, just handing out my resumes and calling people, and, and it was different here right. because it was in Asia. They were more receptive to an Asian, even though I didn't speak the language. Like I, I learned, I literally learned Cantonese when I was in Hong Kong, and it was hard. Uh, but someone gave me a chance. And then I, I landed a job in uh, first public relations. And as I became more visible in the media industry, someone said, "You want to host a show?" I'm <laughs> like, "Hell yeah!" <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, I would, I would emcee all these press conferences. They said, you, you know, and I would I was writing in newspaper columns. So they said, "You get you sort of generate this awareness about yourself," and then things kind of fall into place. And at the same time. I was like, I want to act, too. And I was acting in commercials and acting in theater. So you have to manifest a lot of um, self-motivation. Things in this industry will never land in your lap. You really have to mm-hmm. go out and be a go-getter. And like Lucy Liu said, be prepared for the rejection, but don't let it destroy you. Exactly. You have to have that, you have to have right. that resilience, the inner strength, and the self-belief. Your your own inner faith to forge ahead in this right. really tough competitive industry, it, it, and I would exactly. also say, I would say focus is really important. Do you want to be a hard news journalist? Do you want to be a sports journalist, an entertainment journalist? You know, really finesse it so you have a, a forte that they can say, okay, Technicia is this type of reporter. Are you more human interest? Are you more entertainment personality driven? You know what I mean? And, and, and the older that I get, I think I'm more into the entertainment because that's mostly when I do my interviews, I see it as more of an entertainment instead of getting out there. Oh, this person was shot today! Like, no, that's not exciting. That's terrible. Right? Yeah, I, I went through this. I had to be honest with myself. Mm. After I went to a very hard news journalism school where they relished uh, hard news, you know crime and uh, politics, business and stuff. I love all that. I love watch, you know, re- reading it and watching it on news, but could I actually do this as a career? Right. I couldn't. Exactly. I couldn't. I had to have an yeah. honest conversation with myself, and I said, you know what, I'm and an entertainment. Thing, I was going to say, too, Lawrence, another thing, too, for any journalism 
um, majors when you're going to journalism to find, make sure you find a school that really is going to be hands-on with journalism. I love Clay State, but when I went, it wasn't as hands-on. It was more like, okay, we're going to read this book. And it's like, uh, I don't oh, need really? to read a book okay. all day. I could do that, but I really want to know, I want to do what. You want to get out there and report. The loss against students from Kennesaw State University and all these other great schools of journalism. I'm looking like, uh, you already know this stuff, and I got to learn it when I get here. So, yeah, if I could do it all over, I probably would have chose Kennesaw State University because they actually do have a, a broadcast um, program right. at their school, like yeah. hands-on. See, we were just building up, but my hands go out to my school and hope that they rise and shine in what they need to do. They just got a um, film program out, so I'm very proud of them on that. You know, it's a it's a growing school, so more to come. I just right. hope for the best whoever get, come from that school for journalism. But, yeah, yeah you I'm have to be prepared. Oh, yeah, it's a tough industry because you are working on deadlines yeah. all the time. You know, right. it, it, it's a tough job. I remember doing, uh, I've, I've been in newsrooms and I've assisted in, on stuff, and it's intense. The stress of a newsroom? <laughs> it is, it is. And I love it's it. Like, I love it because you, you, you're behind the scenes looking at the scripts and you're seeing all the <laughs> social producers writing the stuff. you like, yeah. wow. It's, it's There's really a buzz amazing. and electricity. Yes, it's like, it okay, is. what's it's, the it's hottest awesome. story of the day? How do we get the lead? Can we get this person to interview? And you're off with your camera crew, and it's intense. It's really, and you got to race I mean, back you know, and get into editing. And, Lauren, Sorry? I know you know this for a fact. You can read the books all day, but when you get in the newsroom, it's like, wow, all the book stuff that you learn kind of actually, it doesn't go out the door, but you're like, wow, this is the reality of it. I'm actually saying it. Get these scripts to this yes. reporter right now. We need you on this yeah. scene at this store right now. Like, it's no questions asked in the newsroom. Like, okay, what I need to do? You know what you need to do and get out there and get my story. And I need to, I need you to have the facts back to me at such such time. That's how it is. It's it's a grimy feel, and you got to be hardcore for it. But yeah, I see that you it, also, you also part of the NABJ. Now I'm part of AABJ. That's where I, I got to get back to writing stories for them. But those are great organizations, too, for journalism. Yes, it's a great networking uh, outlets when they have uh, get-togethers. You meet a lot of people. Yeah. You know, another way in is also, <laughs> and it's really hard because when you have a family and stuff like that, but I it have is. friends who had volunteered or done peripheral jobs in a newsroom, you know, the fact-checkers, the researchers, or the assistants and just to get in, soak their feet in and get to know the right people. And I know right. a lot of people have gotten in that way. Yeah, volunteering or taking on summer internships and things like that. Uh, those are ways to try to break in as well. Not easy because, you know, it's like they have three intern spots in the summer or they're, you know, it's really tough. Right. Who they're gonna yeah, you do. Stuff you like that. Um, you have to try your best to do what you can. I, it felt so good when I got my internship, and it's 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 just like getting a job. Like, wow, you chose me out of all. It's, I'm it's, one it's a, a huge thing. Yeah, it's a big. If, right. Even if you can get a story published anywhere, it's a big accomplishment. You, you feel like, and you and it doesn't pay much. Exactly, it yeah. does because when I did Fox Five, I didn't get paid. Um, I got paid at Challenge Two. You got paid twenty five dollars, but Fox Five did it. But it still felt so. It felt so rewarding. I felt like I won the Oscars. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. I appreciate <laughs> this. This award goes to Clay State University. It's true, <laughs> but that but that shows that you're genuinely in it for the craft versus right. any money or fame or recognition. You know, that shows that you are genuinely interest, invested in the profession of, of journalism, which is not always the case. Some people are going in for the broadcast glory. <laughs> I just want to be on TV, which is, you know, not exactly right. uh, an it, authentic way to go about it. And the, um, and the connections that you get, I'm still connected with those guys. I have them as my actual friends on Facebook, the journalists. 
And I yeah. even have one of my mentors' phone numbers. So when his birthday comes around, I always wish him happy birthday. I text him sometimes. So it always feels good to still have that connection because I, I never know what I might need one of them for a, a recommendation or anything. So it's always good to get those connections. Even if you don't get the job right then and there, keep them in your back pocket. Yes, exactly right. Um, and back to what you said about how you felt when you, you know, got your story published or it was only $25. That's not the point. It's like when we go off for auditions uh, in acting here in Los Angeles, it's so competitive. It's one role and there's 3,000 submissions, one to 3,000 oh. submissions for one role. And you're competing yeah. against the odds, you know, one against 3,000 for one role. And the fact that your agent or manager can even get you into the audition room, and they've auditioning, they've shortlisted from the three thousand to twenty people, and they're calling you in. That's your twenty-five dollars. You know, that's like a lottery ticket. You scratch and save. You get you get, you get to advance to the next round. It's like an accomplishment. And then uh, right. whether you book the job or don't book the job is almost like icing on the cake. The fact that you actually beat out three thousand people to get into that room that one day. And show your stuff. It's it's already a huge accomplishment, but people don't see that. You know, they only want to see uh, the result. Is like, well, did you book it? <laughs> when are you airing? <laughs> and that's the kind wow. of tenacity that you ha- need for uh, this industry, entertainment slash media. It's that <sighs> throw caution to the wind slash uh, resilience to, that can really weather you through the unpredictable nature of this tough unsteady business you know it's hard it's really hard and i commend people who do it because you see whenever you watch these movies with journalists featuring journalists they are pounding the pavement they're really invested in the story and they're and they're passionate about what they're doing you know they want to get to the truth or they want to uncover um the mysteries or you know the facts of the story they're really invested in 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 their life career versus you know, other people who are, I don't know, playing it safe maybe with professions that are, aren't are as, you don't have to put yourself out there so much, you know. If you're an accountant, you're doing numbers, you're not really going to report on someone's murder, someone's death, someone's tragedy, you know, or something like that. And it's not all negative, but you know what I'm saying. It's a different kind of uh role you're playing when you're a a journalist you're out there you're connecting with people their triumphs their tribulations their tragedies and it's very emotionally draining but like you said you have to develop that guard where you can't you can't show your emotions so you can go home and cry after reporting a tough story but when you're on the air or when you're writing it that has to be put aside so it's a tough balancing act and I don't think a, a lot of you know, not to slag other professions, but a lawyer or, I mean, a doctor or an accountant probably doesn't have to do that. So, or, you know, a salesman, they don't have to put their soul out there and at the same time protect it. So, is that making sense? Sorry, Lawrence. <laughs> but Lawrence, before we get off the air, are there any more advice that you want to give your fans and the listeners? <laughs> oh, I'm Hello, sorry, Lawrence. We lost the connection. Yes, we back sorry. on the air with you, Lawrence. Lawrence, I I was um just um commenting on the you know on the fact that when you get into journalism be yourself the most important thing is to don't try to imitate anyone else i know it's going to be hard at first because you're going to want to do just like the other journalists but 
just be yourself when you get out there because by the end of the day, the story is yours. No one can take it away from you unless you want them to take it away. But, um, mm-hmm. Lawrence, is there any more advice that you want to give the fans and the listeners before we leave? Um, just live life fearlessly. Believe in yourself. Um, and make sure you're disciplined. Nothing is going to fall that. into your lap. Nothing is going to fall into your lap. You have to charge right. your own destiny. And be coachable. Because coachability, <coughs> it leads to so much. You have to be coachable. you got to want to listen and learn. Don't think that you know it all. But before yes. we leave... Don't be rigid. Before we, Don't be too rigid. Exactly. And before we leave this show, this message is for everyone, including Lawrence and all of my listeners out here. For my friend Mary Ellen. Until God opens the next door, praise him in the hallway. And that's something to think about and marinate on. Everyone, and my last message is this. Either your mind expands to match your goals or your goals with strength to match your mind. So we're going to grow for this 2016. I'm going to see you next time on the Bright Side with Technicia. Lawrence, I appreciate it, man. I had so much fun chatting and giggling with you all day, and I hope to have you all. I got to get back to my general hospital, though. I got to catch up on my episodes. But I appreciate you. you. Thank you. I had a great time. I feel feel the love. Thank you so much. You are so welcome. I hope to have you all the next time around. Everyone, thank you so very much for tuning in. I really do appreciate you. And as I say, next time, enjoy your day, everyone. Thanks for listening to The Bright Side with Technicia. If you like what you heard, tell your dad, mother, cousin, uncle, whomever. Be sure to check out the archive section at www.brightsidewithtk.com. 